Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. I welcome this morning to the services coming to you from Walkfine in Lawrenceville, Georgia. And I'd like to just take a moment to welcome all of our friends and families that's joining us via online streaming. You are welcome. We thank God for you. And we bless God that something that God is going to say this morning will establish you, bless you, and have you on your way for a great, victorious, and triumphant week in Jesus' name. Amen. And so we thank God because here at Walkfine, our vision statement is building strong families and serving global communities. Uh, so before I get into the message this morning, I just want to, as a reminder, that next Sunday, July the 4th, we're going to begin what I call a signature message signature message the theme is coming out of darkness into God's light Amen. coming out of darkness into God's light I want to really really admonish you encourage you don't miss any of those series and for those of you our friends online Please make sure you have your Wi-Fi ready, your SIM card ready, whatever you need. Don't miss any of those services. We're going to be answering a lot of questions. We're going to be answering questions like, what does the Bible have to say about depression? We're going to be answering questions like, is depression or anxiety or any other mental health issue, is it a sin? We're going to be answering the question, what's God's remedy? for these issues. I don't have to tell you that we are living in a day and time when the church needs to speak to these issues. Amen. And so I'm grateful to God for preparing us. And so next Sunday we're going to kick it off. Amen? Good. So for today, I'm going to bring it to a wrap. I'm going to bring to a wrap the message that we started since April. Amen? Uh, we started with the Master Gardener, Jesus being the true Master Gardener, and on and on and on. And then, of course, we are now trying to wrap it up. And let me just say this. Even this wrap does not really completely conclude the message. When you're dealing with the issue of character and the fruit of the Spirit and bearing fruit, there is no end to it. As long as we live on this side of glory, we're forever learning how to grow into the fullness of the image of who Jesus is. Amen. So just to give that so you, you understand that. So now this morning, let's go to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7, um, verse 15 through 20. Matthew chapter 7, verse 15 through 20. Jesus is speaking here. He says, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. We have many of them around, okay? You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit. Now, you need to take note of that. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. 
Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. A few years ago, uh, there was a young lady that left the church here. And weeks after she had left, she met with me and she explained to me why she had to leave. And she said to me, said, Pastor, I didn't leave because of you or any other person in the congregation. She said, but I had to leave because there were certain elements within the congregation who appear to be good trees, but actually have bad fruit. And she went on to give some examples and just pinpoint certain things. And boy, that rocked my boat. I said to you earlier on during the course of this message about this uh, blog that Brother Richard sent to us in men's ministry. And one of the things that that blog said was that the greatest fraud is religion without character. That thing has marked me ever since I read that blog. And that's the reason for which the things we are talking about, we've been talking about all these previous weeks. That's why it's so critically important. Jesus just said to us, we can have men or women for that matter who appear to be prophets. They appear to be sheep. He said, but be careful. Don't allow their credentials to sway you. Their silver tongue, their tongue talking, they're praying, fasting, and all of these things that we really, really can't. And those things are essential, by the way. So I'm not, it's essential to pray, it's essential to fast. We must understand that. that but it's just saying, listen, don't, don't, don't check for those things. What you need to check for is the fruit. Now, you remember a passage in Jesus' in the, in Jesus's ministry? He was on his way and he saw a, a fig leaf, a fig tree, rather. And from afar, and on that tree, there were leaves. And, he's, and, he, and he went there, the Bible says he went there, to try, because it's all leaves, to try and see if you can get some food. And he got there and said, wait a minute, there are no fruits on this tree. What in the heck is going on? Because if you understand something about fig leaves, uh, fig trees, fig trees grow leaves when the fruit is already ripe. So by the fact that they saw leaves, it should have meant that the fruit was also there. The leaves was, was his son. They said, come, 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 I'm ready. Come and get something to eat. He got there, there was no food. Massive fake news. And the Bible says, he cursed that tree. Now notice something. Jesus never cursed anything all through the scriptures. Except for a tree that pretended to have leaves and didn't have any. So we need to be careful. So now, like I said, trying to bring this to a wrap. We can never exhaust this material. So now, for the last few weeks, we've been talking through John chapter 15, verses 1 through 10. And I'm just trying to find a nice place to put it to a wrap so we can lay it aside for a season and then come back to it much later. In John chapter 15, in verses 1 through 10, I'm not going to read it. There were three main things that were highlighted that I want to bring to our remembrance in this installment, in this message, three main things. Number one, the phrase, bear fruit. Number two, the word abide. 
And number three, the phrase in me. Three things. Bear fruit, abide, and in me. When you look at these three phrases, it begins to give us a clue as to how or what importance or what things you and I should be focusing on or really paying attention to through this passage. So that phrase, bear fruit, was mentioned six times in seven verses. Barefoot, 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 barefoot. The word abide was mentioned 10 times in 10 verses. And the word or phrase in me was mentioned eight times. Six times, eight times, 10 times. The best way for me to explain this is to use this current ongoing graduation season. Thank God for all of our graduates, your young men and women who have paid the price, gone through school, and thank God in this season they have been honored and recognized for the time and the effort that they put in school. Praise God for that. You can just give me a hand clap. <laughs> Praise God. So using the analogy of, of, of our graduates, when they entered school, the goal was what? To graduate, to finish. Graduation, finishing. Graduation for them is almost symbolical to what Jesus is saying about bearing fruit. Graduation is the end result. That's the goal, that's the end result. You start school, you want to finish, you want to graduate, that's the end result. But, in order for that to happen, they had to go to an institution. A school, a college, secondary school, university. So the college, the institution, is what Jesus alludes to us in me. In me. Because you cannot get a diploma unless you attend somewhere. Just as a tree cannot bear fruit, except it's, it's, a, a branch cannot bear fruit unless it's attached to a vine. So the graduation is the bearing fruit, the result. The institution is the in me. Now, how many of us parents or even students now recognize that just knowing you're going to graduate and you have an institution does not get you the diploma? There's one critical element to that whole equation that must take place, and that is you have to attend classes. The attending of classes is where you gain the knowledge, that's where you get the assignment, that's where you get to turn in your assignment, and ultimately you can graduate. So you have an institution, you have the attending or attendance, and then you have the number one and number three, and not the least, the graduation itself. So for me and you, Jesus said, bearing fruit as a believer is the goal. The institution that will help us to bear fruit is what? Him. But in order for that to happen, we have to abide. That's the attendance of classes. You will not graduate unless you abide. You will not bear fruit unless you abide. Three critical things. So now, I know we've said a lot of things, but I don't want us to miss those three important points. The bearing fruit, which is the result we're looking for. 
the end me, which is the institution or the process through which you do it, and of course, the abiding, which is where we get the help to actually get it done. You know, we live in a day and time when uh, people don't like process. They just want the event. Case in point, you talk to a young couple that wants to get married, you are doing pre-marital counseling. I almost want to say, let's cancel that. Don't even let's do it again. Because those guys are not paying any attention to what you're saying. They are sitting before you talking about, okay, husband, your role, wives, the roles of wives, how you guys do your budget and how you guys do this and that. All the while you're speaking, they are looking at, they are looking at that. They are walking down the aisle in their minds. How are they going to put the ring on the finger, the honeymoon, and all of the things that come along with it. You understand what I'm saying? They are, they, listen, the event for them is a biggie. They are paying little or no attention to the process. The event is the wedding. The process is the marriage. Huge difference. There's a big difference between getting wedded or being married. The marriage is the process through which a home is built. And that takes a process of time. You don't do that in one day. You don't do that in six weeks of premarital counseling. No. No. So we need to really encourage ourselves. In fact, in fact, in fact, really going forward, I don't want to do any more premaritals with anyone who's already fixed a date. It's, it's, it's a waste of time. If the date is already set, what, what are you getting counseling for? Go ahead and do it. And then face the music when the music starts playing. But to really do it with integrity, you guys need to come before a, a man of God, a woman of God, and seek counsel, understand what you're about to get into, and find out if, in fact, your partner is the right one for you. Many have been saved a lot of headache because they found out in counseling that this man or woman, hey, this is a sheep in wool's clothing. Amen? Okay, so now, now let me just flow into four categories of fruit. Four categories of fruit from abiding in Jesus. Remember, I'm trying to establish to you that in all of what we've studied so far, the critical element for you and I to bear fruit the way Jesus wants it is by abiding in him. So now in abiding in Jesus, there are four things that do happen. And you can give me the overhead, the, the overhead now. Four things. Number one, character is produced. Character is produced. We see that in Galatians chapter 5, verses 20, 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control against such things there is no law but that's not the only thing that Jesus produces in us character love is the force yes it is important so the next one that I want you to see is the practical fruit of righteousness and we see this in Philippians chapter 1 verses 9 through 11 this is Paul's prayer. And this is my prayer, Paul says, that your love may abound more and more, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. So the point we are making is, when you are abiding in Jesus, number one, you produce character. You'll be like him. Number two, you have practical fruit of righteousness. You say, well, you say, Pastor, what is that? What does that mean? Okay, I'm glad you asked. 
There are three kinds of righteousness mentioned in the scriptures. The first one is self-righteousness. My way of doing things because I think it's right. Isaiah tells us that such righteousness is like filthy rag. Don't even go there. Whatever you do on your own strength, by your own effort, thinking is the right way, God says it does not even count. It's at best like a filthy rag, Isaiah tells us. So you discount that. The second kind of righteousness is what we call imputed righteousness or positional righteousness. The same thing. Imputed righteousness is what I got when I became born again. The Bible says God made him, Jesus, to be seen. Him that knew no sin. That I, Ben Kakimola, might become the righteousness of God in him. So the moment you become born again in 2 Corinthians 5.21, God deposits into your account righteousness. That's called imputed righteousness or positional righteousness. The third one, though, that you and I have everything to do about is what we call practical righteousness or experiential righteousness. And simply what that means is, we, see that we read this in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 1, where Paul says, walk therefore worthy of the call where you are called. In other words, if God has inputted into me his life, his place is seed in me and giving me his righteousness, then, so, so, then somehow, we should see the outworking of this righteousness in my life on a daily basis. Practical righteousness deals with my aligning or alignment with God's ways and the way God does things on a regular basis. Things like integrity. See, integrity is not in the fruit of the spirit, but it's a fruit of righteousness. As a believer to say, my yes is my yes and my no is my no. As a believer to say, well, I'm going to, I'm going to be in your house at 9 o'clock and show, the, show up there at 9 o'clock, not 11 o'clock. Hello? Integrity. For me to say, I'm going to do this, and you can take it to the bank that, yes, I'm going to do it. That is integrity. That is practical righteousness. That is working out the life of God in and through me. It is a fruit of, it is part of bearing fruit, but in this case, we call it bearing practical fruit of righteousness. Amen? All of this happens because I'm communing and abiding in Jesus. Integrity. Number three fruit is what we call good works. Good works. We see this in Colossians chapter 1, verses 10 and 11. And we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way. See the next phrase? Bearing fruits in every good work. Growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. So there is no way when I'm working with Jesus, communing with Jesus, that I will not have good works. He created me for good works. He created me for good works. We saw the story in the book of Acts. Uh, I, think it was, I think the name of the lady was Dorcas that died. And the testimony around was that, my goodness, when she was alive, look at all the things she did. And as a result of the good work she had done in her lifetime, they went and called the apostle to raise her from the dead. And she was raised from the dead. Why? Because of the good works that she left behind. And so for me and you, we have the opportunity 
as we're filled with the Spirit of God and communing with God to demonstrate and bear the fruits of good work everywhere we go. We should leave a testimony that, yes, a man of God, a woman of God has been here. Why? Because they've left a deposit of good works with them. Last but not the least, in bearing fruit, thankfulness is a fruit. We just did it a minute ago. And when you live here today, you can do it as, more, as well. You can do it in your car, in your shower, everywhere you go, everywhere you are, all of the time, you can have this. Hebrews 13, 15. Therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifices of praise to God that is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. Amen? So again, let me go over this very quickly again. When I'm communing, and abiding in Jesus, I'm bearing fruit. I can bear four kinds of fruit. Number one, character. Amen? Number two, practical righteousness. My lifestyle is becoming more and more aligned and similar to his life. Number three, good works. Good works. I should be engaged in good works. Not something that I dream of to do. Something that I'm prompted to do by the power of his spirit. And lastly, thankfulness amen good all right let, let me let me let me let me just one more scripture we're almost done we're almost done now so now let me go back now to where i started about these three main things the bearing fruit the abiding in him and the in me uh give me the overhead again hallelujah three things that i'm leaving you with now abide is the first one what does it mean? You are too fast for me. Abide. Let's go back. Thank you. What does abide mean? This is a reminder because we dealt with this. To remain in fellowship with, reliance upon, and obedience to the Lord Jesus. This is where the rubber meets the road. This is where, as a student, you are attending classes every day. This is it. Because if you are not abiding, you will not have the life of God in you to produce the fruit. So abide. That's the first one. Now, let me read the scripture. In Romans chapter 7 verse 4. Romans 7 verse 4. Let's see what it says. It says, Therefore, my brethren, you also are made to die to the law through the body of Christ. Why? so that you might be joined to another. Who is that another? To him. Who is him? Jesus. Who was raised from the dead. Why? In order that we might bear fruit for God. This is it. We were joined to him. Why? Why? So that you and I can bear fruit. Now notice what, it, what this scripture says. For God. So every time an unbeliever sees you and the fruit of God in your life, you know who gets the glory? God does. That's the reason God wants us to bear fruit. Every time you minister in love and touch someone, God gets the glory. In fact, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me share something about, about, about this word love. From the Vines Expositionary Dictionary. What love means? Agape. There are four things 
That dictionary says about love, about, about agape love. Vine's Expositional Dictionary. There are four things he says. Number one, he says love is God's constant love and care for us. That is not changed or affected by anything we do. Think about that. Then number two, he says, that love is my is, is how I reciprocate to the love I've received from God. Same, you know, that's the second meaning. Not only do I receive the constant care from God, regardless of what I do, but now that love helps me to reciprocate back to God in loving Him. Number three, that he says, which I did not know this until I saw this in this dictionary, is as a result of this agape that I've received from God, I now am able to love other partakers of agape. <laughs> now you can understand why Jesus said, love your brother as I've loved you. And by this all men shall know that you are my disciples. Why? Because he's given us the ability to do so. I receive God's love. I respond to God's love. And as a result of that, I'm able to love all the partakers of that same love. In other words, you love the brethren. You love the brothers and sisters. Why? Because you are all in the same love. And number four, lastly, as a result of this love that I've received, that I've responded to, that I'm responding to among the brothers, now I'm seeking others who have not partaken it to let them know about it. <laughs> four levels. So as far as God is concerned, there's no such thing of receiving his love and you're not telling somebody about it. Come on, guys. You guys that used to drink Guinness Stout. Okay, I'm sorry. You guys are still drinking it. Okay, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot you're still drinking it. Okay, you're Deku and all those things. Yeah, you guys are still on it. Okay, all right. But you, but you tell everybody about it. You get on the phone and tell them, man. The latest beer in town, the latest, okay, for, okay, some of you are not drinking beer, you, you just smoke, you, just, you, 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 you do the other stuff, you, you smoke it. So, so, so you get a good smoke, you call your friends? Colombia is in. Good smoke. Nobody has to tell you to advertise it. You took it, you enjoyed it, you spread the love around. <laughs> so God is saying, listen, I love you. You receive my love. Spread it around. Lord, God's love for us. Our response to God's love. Our loving the brethren. And then our sharing it with others who does not know it. So, abide means we remain in fellowship with Jesus. Rely upon him and obey him. And it speaks of the requirement to see fruit. Because you know if you don't abide, you will never get fruit. Next one. Next one, in me. In me. It's about Jesus, not us. Jesus made it adequately clear in John chapter 15. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Ooh, let me define that because I can hear somebody, what do you mean I can do nothing? I just drove my Lexus to church this morning. That's something. I just matched, the, I just matched down the aisle and got my diploma. That's something. I just got an interview for a great job at a Fortune 500 company. Are you kidding me? Making six figures? That's something. So we can continue to list the some things. 
Even though Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. So you are wondering, Jesus, what are you talking about? Can you look around my house and look at all the things. What Jesus is saying to you and I is, apart from me, you cannot do anything of eternal significance. Nothing of eternal significance. You leave the Lexus here. You leave the house here. The diploma, you cannot use it in heaven. All of those things don't matter. They don't count. The only thing that counts is what he does through us. So when he says, apart from me, you can do nothing, you need to take that to the bank. It is about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's Jesus plus nothing. In me, he says, it's about Jesus, not us. We cannot achieve of anything of eternal significance by ourselves. In me speaks of the one whose life makes it all possible. Amen? And lastly, bear fruit. Bear fruit. It means character. It means changed life. If I'm really abiding in Jesus, I should not be as mean today as I was mean five years ago. My husband or my wife surely should be able to say, tell the difference. Ah, something has happened to you. True story. True story. I was asking Pastor Dollar. No, I was asking his wife, Pastor Taffy. I said, how did you get on this grace message bandwagon? After your husband has preached all over the world a particular brand of gospel for years and has made a renown for that brand and then it makes a switch and you are following him. So I asked, I said, was it difficult for you to make the switch? He said, no. I said, what do you mean? He said, not only did God gave him a new message or a new revelation of the gospel message, he said, but I saw the change in him. He said, I saw the change. He's not preaching it to me. I saw it. So to tell me that you understand the gospel of grace and that you are living in that gospel of grace and you are still as mean as a crocodile, Your tail is still wagging and your mouth is still biting. Who's saying we have a problem? That is a problem. The bearing of fruit of Jesus' life brings character change. It brings a changed life. Meekness, kindness, gentleness, goodness, self-control, which the Bible tells us against such there is no law. There is no law. You, can, you cannot legislate it. And that's why I look at those guys in Washington, man. They try to legislate it. I thank God they try to pass laws against gun control, blah, blah, blah. Okay, I hear it. Because the government has to do their part. I understand that. But would you legislate the heart of man that is wicked? How in the world are you going to legislate a man that is evil and wicked and say, don't, don't kill your, your brother? You can't do it. So I appreciate all they are doing, but I'm saying to you, the church has a role. Unless God changes the heart of man, we're going, to be, we're going to continue to see the same thing, unfortunately. Character, changed life, 
good works. You should ask yourself this morning, are you demonstrating and showing forth good works? Are you? Thankfulness. Rather than complaining about the glass half empty, can I just say the glass is half full? Can I just thank God? I say, oh God, you know what? I just thank you. I mean, look at what we just came through. This pandemic. And you are here. I'm here. Is that not enough, enough, enough reason for thanksgiving to God? I said, God, thank you that you have not allowed the, the plague to come now my dwelling place. Thank you that we survived this incredible plague. Thank you for how you brought us through there. Thank you. Our homes are not lost. Our children are not lost. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. To thank him for the things he has done and the things he's not allowed to come upon us and to make that a lifestyle. So bearing fruit talks about character, changing life, good works, thankfulness, and of course speaks of the result. Don't forget that brings gl God glory. And on that note, I end and close. And I give you change on your time clock. Nine minutes change. I'll put that change forward for next time. <laughs> As a father, we just want to thank you for this long journey you brought us through. The journey of recognizing you as the true master gardener. You, God, you are the vine dresser. You are the one that's dressing us. You planted us as a seed. You are nurturing us. You are building us. It is through your life that our life changes. You are the source of our life. You are the fountain of our life. We give you your preeminence and we give you your place. We acknowledge, yes, indeed, without you, we can do nothing of eternal significance. We will we try it. I say, Lord Jesus, we bless you this morning. We thank you. We thank you for our time. We thank you, Lord God, for every seed, every nugget, nugget of wisdom you've given us. We thank you, Father God, that yes, you said in your word that through wisdom, a house is built. And that through understanding, it is established. But it is through knowledge that all its rooms are filled with rare and precious treasures. And so, God, I pray this morning that you fill our rooms with the precious treasure of your word. Let your word ruminate in our heart. Let the seed of your word find a good soil in our heart. Father, in the name of Jesus, that as we continue to remain in you and abide in you, yes, we will bring forth the character of God, your love. We will bring forth practical righteousness. We will bring forth good works. And yes, we will give you thanks forever and ever and ever because there's just none like unto you. And so, Father, we bless you this morning. We praise your name, Father God. And peradventure, Lord God, there's someone here today that's not born again. They have not come into the knowledge of who you are. Holy Spirit, I release you, either by television, by streaming device, or those that are here in, 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 in person, that you minister to their hearts, touch them, and bring them home unto yourself. In the name of Jesus, let them know how much you love and care for them and receive them into your eternal bosom. And so, Lord, we thank you for salvation and deliverance. We bless your name, Lord God. And if that is you, if you are making this commitment for the first time as a born-again person, all you have to do is say a simple prayer. Just say, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I acknowledge you as the Lord God Almighty. I'm asking that you help me, you forgive me for all of my sins, and that you restore me back into your bosom as one of yours, as a member of your family. Thank you for saving me. 
I bless you now and I praise your name for this. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Bless you, everybody, and God bless.